Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Hello, I'm Gerald Farrelly and you are very welcome to this special episode of Fascinated. This is part one of a recording of the Fascinated live show that we did as part of the Dublin Podcast Festival. It was recorded in the Workman's Club in Dublin on the 20th of September and we had a blast. It was absolutely great fun. This live show was all about comebacks. Now, who doesn't love a comeback? Naomi Coleman and Deirdre O'Kane are two brilliant people who have done just that. Deirdre took eight years off from stand-up comedy and Naomi was away from her career as a singer-songwriter for seven years. Now, I've interviewed both of them before and since then they've both made their respective returns. Deirdre toured her new show 1D and Naomi is about to launch an EP of new music. And it's absolutely brilliant. I've had a sneak preview. Now you'll hear from this recording that the audience had a blast. In fact, when we finished the show, I thought, I have got to do more of these. They're just so much fun. On the night, both Naomi and Deirdre had diehard fans in the audience. Naomi played one of her new songs, Unraveling, which you can hear an excerpt of at the end of this episode. She also closed the show with Your Arms, and you can hear the full performance of this song at the end of the next episode, which will be part two of the show. That's not confusing, is it? Eh, it's grand. I'm on tour at the moment around Ireland with my show Home Truths and you can check out my website for dates. You can catch me this Saturday at the Civic Theatre in Talla and I have shows coming up in Blanchardstown, Waterford, Navan and the Vodafone Comedy Festival in Galway and then I'll be playing Whelan's in Dublin on the 3rd of November. But back to the live episode. I first met Naomi when I interviewed her back in season 3. And we have been really good friends ever since. She is absolutely fantastic she's one of my favorite people and also her music is just brilliant for this live episode we were determined to tell the story of the time that she met patrick swayze and guess what i completely forgot to ask her about it so you know what that means she's just gonna have to come back sometime also because there are a lot of clips in this show i thought that would be a really nice element to have on the live show but i made the mistake of bringing Naomi onto the stage before playing the intro clips so she had to sit there watching people watch her so sorry about that Naomi. before the interview there was some stand-up and also we had a lot of chat with the audience about the episode that i did with kelly from eternal and um, people seem to really like that episode and we had a really good chat about that <laughs> but then i got to my first guest so let's jump straight in this is Naomi Coleman. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to bring on our first guest. Okay. I, about a year and a half ago, I was sitting in a Starbucks. One of the songs of this guest uh, came up on my phone. I thought, oh my God, she's been on the list since day one, since I started this podcast. And I texted Dave Moore from 98FM, you know, or no, from Today FM, yes. And I thought, if anybody will know it is Dave Moore, uh, he texted me straight back with this text. Dave's actually illiterate, um, and what do you... <laughs> Hi, Gerard. Naomi is A, one of the nicest humans alive, B, one of my favourite collaborators ever, and C, married to Katy Perry's drummer. I thought, oh my God, he actually knows Naomi Coleman. Uh, so I found her and we did an interview about a year and a half ago, which was the episode that got by far the most emails, like literally... I would say 50% more emails than any other episodes ever got. So we thought, okay, well, we need that kind of traction again, so we're going to have her back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Naomi Coleman. Yeah. Um, hello. 
down there. Just grab a mic. I, what, actually, what I forgot to do is, um, I wanted to make it a bit like, you know, like a chat show that you'd see on television. So I have like, I have like a proper introduction. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Carrot. <laughs> <laughs> It's called, and there was a cockroach handler there with the cockroach, like a professional cockroach handler, and it was huge, the cockroach. And if you tapped it on its back, it hissed at you. Oh my god. Yeah. And like, what, what was the thinking behind that? Where they just thought, you know what, she's been mean to us at some point, we can't get her back. It had very little to do with the song, really, didn't it? Didn't it though? No. Um, so tell us, you, uh, you released your first album in 1995. It was the album that I actually listened to. Uh, all through when I was doing my leave and search. Like, do, I don't know. Does anyone remember the leave and search album? Like, was your, was your, I think your one might have been Amy as well, was it? Yes? Uh, does anyone remember? Because the album that you listen to uh, when you're doing your leave and search, like, it's twofold. Like, it can be the album that you never want to hear again. Mm. And it can be the album also that, like, just, like, it saved my life. <laughs> yeah, I listened to your album literally on repeat, I'd say, for about, from the mocks. Oh, like from the mocks right through the orals. Yes, <laughs> they were dark days. Dark days. Like you are the same age as me, so you while I was doing my like leaving search, you were off being a pop star. Like, so how did that start? Oh, um I'm a year older than you. Let's be honest. I'm older. Um I got very, very lucky, really, is how my story happened. I was uh, I started writing songs when I was 14 and played my first gig 
when I was 16 in the Baggage Inn. Do you remember the Baggage Inn years ago? Yes. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, just played more gigs around town. And I got to, I also entered the, um, the 2FM Yacht Play Song Contest. But also, you're being, you're being quite modest here because you did win that, didn't you? I did. I, I did. I won. And I don't win many things. I really don't. I'm not a winner in life. And um, I won that. And probably through the strength of that, I, I got offered a, a couple of record deals. A couple of record deals? Yeah. They were queuing up. They were queuing around the corner. No, and I turned them down because I wanted to finish school. So I finished my leaving. Listen, I think I listened to, would it have been Pearl Jam 10? Or, oh, wow. I think that was my, was that out then? That would have been around then, yeah. 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 Pearl Jam 10, oh, wow. So you were a bit of a rocker. Oh, God, yeah, big time. Yeah, Doc Martens, you know, flowing dresses, moody face. But, um, yeah, so I, I finished school and then realised that I was mental for turning down the record deals and rang them back up begging for a record deal and thankfully uh, no one had filled the slot and I uh, got to go and make, make my album Silver Wrist so that's kind of how it came So like that was the only punishment was that I'm sorry, sorry you're going to have to work with a cockroach at some point. Basically, uh, <laughs> it's really the first time so we're throwing this Madagascar uh, yeah. cockroach. Yeah, and some ants and a bunny. Oh, yeah, really good. When I was growing up, I always wanted a rabbit, but my mom she said, You can have a rabbit when you're 21. Uh, and then when I turned 21, one of my friends bought a rabbit. <laughs> uh, but, um, but he's dead, he's dead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, I know, he had starvation. Um, <laughs> but, um, so you went and you recorded that album in Abbey Road, like where the Beatles made. Yes, I did. So to yeah. be like 17 or 18 mm. in Abbey Road, surrounded by all of this. That was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that well, was... was it pressure? Um, y- yes. Yes and no. I mean, I was so just wide-eyed and grateful and excited by the whole thing. I I don't even know if pressure came into it because I was just loving it. And to um, and I'd always been, since I was in senior infants, my teacher, Mr. Ryan, taught us all Beatles songs instead of the school curriculum songs. Um, so great. And um, so I, ever since like that little, I've loved Beatles. Like they've really been important to me. So um, to get to be there was just so amazing. And they were recording. I told you that they were recording the, or they were remastering the anthologies, the Beatles anthologies, while I was there. So um, the remaining Beatles were just in the building doing things. George Martin was like in the canteen one day when I went there. I was just like. My tray. Just smack it a vending machine. <laughs> Give me my Twix. Um, yeah, so that was, it was just so, yeah, I was very, very lucky to do that. Loved, loved it. You went on, then you made, you made a second album a few years later mm-hmm. uh, called Bring Down the Moon. Yes. Um, you were telling me that you went to Nashville. What was that experience like with writing in Nashville? That was awesome. And you know, I just found a load of my Nashville tapes the other day. I, yeah, I went to Nashville to write with people. Um, which is something I'd never done before. I'd always written on my own in my bedroom, crying, snots, heartbreak, pajamas. Um, so I got dressed and went to Nashville, and um, it was so cool because um, it, was, it was such a learning experience because I got to work with really different types of writers, really different types of musicians, a lot of country. And up until that point, I would have said I hate country, it's awful, but I was wrong because there was some amazing country writers and amazing country music that I just didn't know. I think I was more 
you know, country and western wouldn't be my thing. Okay, no hold down. Have you seen the series Nashville? No, I haven't. Oh, but I've heard anyone watch the series Nashville? It is incredible. It's about, um, oh, have you watched it? <laughs> oh, you're pointing, you're aggressively pointing at that man. <laughs> are, you, are you a fan? It is. No, I'm sorry, I will, I will admit this. It is literally the greatest thing that's ever been made. It is about, uh, it's about a pop star, or, or a country and western star, who uh, she is supposed to be like the biggest, like the biggest thing since like bread. She's absolutely huge, but literally the actress that plays her can neither sing and have like, like absolutely zero stage presence. <laughs> so like they film these sections of her where she's doing a concert and she's just literally standing like this, like singing the song. And then they have these shots of arenas going, yeah. <laughs> that definitely didn't happen. Like she, like she actually looks like she hates every minute of it. Like she's just sitting there as if she's going, I have to do this to pay that fucking mortgage. <laughs> But um, like, but it's all about that whole that it's it's one of those like clock in cultures where they just they clock in at nine o'clock and just start writing songs. That's it. Literally, like I go to the publishing houses and there were people who clocked in nine to five, like they'd show up for work, write songs till five o'clock and then leave again. And you know, it was incredible to see. And it sounds kind of it sounds kind of sterile or uncreative, but it really wasn't. You know, like these. People, what certainly in my experience, you know, were amazing writers and loved what they did. You know, and it's rare, I suppose, to come across nine somebody working nine to five who is so passionate about what they do and love what they do. So that yeah. that was cool, you know. And people, you know, like writing huge big hits and not having to go and work again um, if they didn't want to, but still going in and writing songs every day. So that's you know. That's, that's exactly song. what I want. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, like every time somebody says that, that you can write a song and that's it, then that's it forever. It's like that, that's exactly what I want. Like, <laughs> like I'm not about craft or anything. Oh, it's like no, like it doesn't happen in comedy. Like that absolutely doesn't happen. Like because you just it goes away. Like because comedy's so ephemeral. Like I went to see the Nolans in concert. Right? They had one hit thirty years ago. And they still <laughs> arena. Like I mean. <laughs> But well, um, when you like when you got your record deal, when you're, you're like you're, you're just left school, mm -hmm. like did your parents not go absolutely bananas? No, my parents are great. They were always like whatever makes you happy. Like, you know, I could have gone and said I want to be a tightrope walker, and you know they would have said where well, how much you'll be fine. You know, so no, I was very very lucky. Really no, great really. support. Because like, I went full time at comedy two years ago, and every single week. My dad sends me Jasmine's little There's a great for a clip and I was like, oh no, uh, in Rattel, man, you should really have like it, you get that. But there's a part of me that, there's the part of me that feels like, I'm kind of glad he's doing that. <laughs> because like, we do have that moment where like, oh, this is over. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and like, so they were, they were behind it 100%. Yeah, they were. Like, that's pretty brilliant. No, they, yeah, no, they'd come out to my gates all the time and drag people along. And my teachers from school used to come out and see me after, you know, afterwards and stuff. So yeah, it was a lot of sports. Good, good, good sports. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. my mom has come to my gates. Um, she comes every so often like, and she heckles. Um, but it's, it's really weird because the like the heckles that she it's she's really good at it like <laughs> like because comedians are used to um like you're used to any sort of heckle coming at you but my mom's heckles are really like there's literally nothing we can say that that she's just around me <laughs> um, like at one point uh, I was talking about her on stage and I actually just pointed around the audience and she just went yeah and we had to pay and I was like oh my god, <laughs> oh my god just stop. 
<laughs> but uh, one of my favourite stories uh, that we, we I found out this after the, the podcast that we recorded mm-hmm. is that um, after your first album came out, uh, by a series of coincidences, uh, all of your neighbours got signed photographs uh, of Mary Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do, Carol. Do yeah. you want to tell that story, yeah, maybe? The helper is in the room tonight, actually. Um, I have these um, promotional postcards from the record company, and they just said, Mary Coleman, picture, and you know, that was that. And um, I, I brought them home because I had to sign them because they were going to give them to people who probably didn't want them, but you know, I had to do it anyway, and that was done. But there was a big pile of them on the counter, uh, in my house, and my little sister, who um, is 11 years younger than me, so she was, you know, little, uh, was in the house also, and then I noticed a little bit later on that they were gone, the postcards had vanished, so I asked her if she'd seen them, and she was like, yeah, I put them into all the houses on the road, because <laughs> they were postcards, so she delivered them so all my neighbours in Dundrum were like, Oh, best wishes, Naomi Coleman. Thanks. Best <laughs> <laughs> wishes, random neighbor with the big head. You know. Yeah, that was, that was pretty mortifying. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm just here. here. I'm just here. here. <laughs> uh, well done, Maddie. And you ended up on top of the pops. I did, and that makes it sound like I just wandered in after it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's really embarrassing for everybody. Can I go against But then you did the top five records in the uh, UK. Yeah, that's right. I sang on um, a dance duo called Aurora, and I was the featured vocalist um, on that song. And we covered Ordinary Worlds, the Duran Duran song. And yeah, it did. It did. It did great. It did a lot better than any of my music ever did. <laughs> and uh, we got to go on top of the pops with it. But way more exciting for me, we got to go on uh, Good Morning with Richard and Judy. Only, like, I was very excited about the prospect of meeting Richard and Judy, but they weren't on it at that time. It was Fern and Phil. Fern and, no, Fern and... Uh, John, John Leslie. John Leslie. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes, Top of the Box was great, but you know, Top of the Box, Jamie Theakston was presenting Top of the Box. Jamie. My name is Mamie. He could not get the introduction right. He called me. <laughs> we have Aurora featuring Naomi Coleman. Aurora featuring Naomi Coleman. Na- Aurora featuring Naomi. You know, he said like every every version of my name that was not Naomi. And I just wanted to go down and go, dude, just put an N. Put an N. That's your name. name. That's my name. I'm so sure. in the end, I think they just went, it's Aurora. <laughs> I need to have been there. Yeah. Didn't Jamie? Am I right in saying he ended up, did he have a set, was he found in a sex dungeon or something? <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could be wrong, there was a sex dungeon scandal, wasn't there? I'm nearly certain there was. <laughs> what? That was John Lennon. Oh, that was John Lennon, oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought Jamie Kingston had a go at the dungeon as well, dear, but I'm, I'm nearly certain. We'll Google that and then... Uh, Check it there. That's, that's of, a safe search. For the sake of, <laughs> for the sake of liable. Um, but wouldn't, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be funny if we had like a clip of you on top of the pops? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. 
wall where somebody was like, what's a kid's problem? Like, she's really good. And then there was two people kind of debating it. I was like, this, really is, not <laughs> this is absolutely not the place for this. <laughs> um, so you've got, you've got some new music coming. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you, yes. you, you've got a, a, the Survive EP, yes. is it, that's going to go on iTunes? Mm -hmm. That's right, yeah. It's going to be up there very soon. I'm going to put up about five songs that I recorded, yes, and I'm going to get them up soon. Excellent. And when you did the first eight back, what was that like? What was the day like? Um, do you know, I'll be honest, the first eight back was a little bit terrifying and uh, but it was no, it was it was good, but it was terrifying. The second gig back I really enjoyed. The first gig back I did was um, in the most amazing place in West Cork called Connolly's of Lep, and that was just it's a magic place to be if you've ever down that way. It's an amazing venue. Um, but uh, I had to try and get my my baby asleep before I played, and little Becker wouldn't go to sleep. So I was like literally like we were waiting to start the gig, and I was over trying to get him sleep, and so I like ran over, and it was just a bit stressful and. Uh, but when I played, we played Whelan's, the, that's a really boring story, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm saying it, but this is like, I'm bored. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they played Whelan's um, the two days later and loved it, really, really enjoyed it and it was great to be back. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. And, well, before you go, uh, this, before you end the first half, it wouldn't be right without you maybe playing one of the new songs? Sure. So this and um, this song is called Un Unraveling. <clears throat>
We had such a great time and there's still part two to come with the fantastic Deirdre O'Kane and I should say that the sound quality in the Deirdre O'Kane episode is much better because during the Namey interview there was a problem with the sound desk so it was our room recorder that actually picked everything up so sorry about the sound quality there. That was the fantastic Namey Coleman. You can find Namey on Facebook and you can get her new EP Survive on iTunes now. Also if you want to hear another performance from Namey of her song Your Arms which was on her second album Bring Down the Moon she does it at the end of this live show so it will be at the end of the next episode. Now this is exciting some of my past guests have new music. Are you sick of Donald Trump? Well I am and so is Marcella Detroit who was my guest back in episode 13. Well Marcella and her friends Hope Juber and Roberta Freeman have formed a group called the Nasty Housewives to make an album of protest songs called Resisters. It's available on their website thenastyhousewives.com and I have to say it is absolutely brilliant when you are at your maddest at Donald Trump and everything he stands for put it on and I guarantee you you'll feel better. That's Resisters by the Nasty Housewives featuring Marcella Detroit and you can get it on thenastyhousewives.com. Another previous fascinated guest with new music is Ben Adams and he released his new solo single called OMG and that's also on iTunes. If you want to follow me, I'm at Garrod Farrelly on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Fascinated at headstuff.org if you want to get in touch and there will be a new episode soon. Thanks for listening. I don't like picking clothes to wear to go on stage when I'm not like doing stand-up. Because I think when you're doing stand-up, people go, oh, at least he was funny. Um, and also, there's a difference between your stand-up clothes and your sit-down clothes, isn't there? Like, if you hit a certain age and you see the wrong photograph of you sitting down, like, that can send you over the edge. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, especially in today's economy. But over 31,000 businesses do know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of financials, planning, budgeting, and inventory so you can manage risk and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. See why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash go. netsuite.com slash go.